You're listening to Mountain View Church Audio. My name's Jeremy, and I'm a local pastor here in Whitehorse, Yukon Territory. Each week, we bring you a fresh message designed to help you encounter Jesus through biblical instruction. You don't have to know anything about the Bible. We're just glad you're here. The conversation has shifted. I I don't know if you've noticed this over the past couple of weeks. Uh, Specifically this week, it seems to have grown incredibly there, there, there's a real difference because I felt like a couple weeks ago or a few weeks ago, there was more of a, a rallying cry that in the comments streams of social media that everyone was kind of in this, this COVID-19 crisis together. And there were some unifying voices that were rising to the top. But I'm noticing that, that things are different now. And one of the conversation trends that's happening is related to the mental and emotional health of really the greater population of society as a whole. Because not only has COVID-19 and and the virus and, and people's loved ones and friends and family and all that stuff that's going on, just the, just the health crisis in itself, that is weighing people down. Also, many people have been laid off. They're uncertain about their investments, about the future finances, and that is having a massive mental and emotional pressure. But there's more than that now. It it, it turns out people need people because self-isolation and social distancing, now that in itself is actually causing an emotional strain and a mental strain, and people are starting to talk about it more. Now, I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you to rebel against any rules. That's not what I'm getting at. I, I simply want to take a moment and say, hey, not everyone's doing so well. People are struggling. And, and, and for those of you that are in the Yukon, we have had an incredible weekend. And the sun is out. Spring has sprung. And that means that anyone living south of the Yukon, you guys are already full in into spring. And, and, and people are wanting to gather with other people. There's something inside of them I, I, that says, I want to go camping. I want to have barbecues. I, I want to get together with people. I, I want to hug someone. But we can't. And many of us are realizing that there's something inside of us, something inside of us that, that desires community and, and a, a Zoom call can't replace a hug. And so what do we do? How, how do we work through the mental and emotional strain? It, it, it seems like there's, there's this component that people are going to uh, maybe be in this longer that The prime minister and health officials are saying, maybe June? I know that's hard to hear, isn't it? I know it's hard for me to hear. And what if they don't find a vaccine? What if it's longer? And maybe you're thinking too, I don't know if I can stay in my house that long. But I want to. I I, want to follow the rules. I want to do what I'm supposed to do, but I I also want to go outside and and I want to interact with people. And what do I do? So maybe you're going through those questions too. And again, I'm not telling you what to do other than I think we do need to kind of try to follow uh, the health officials' regulations and, and, and their advisement. I think that's a good thing to do. But what do we do internally? What can we do when we're in our houses and, and the mental strain and emotional strain and, strain and dare I say, the spiritual strain? What do, what do we do when it's weighing us down? Well, I think the Bible gives us some answers. I, I think there's some tools in here that can help us 
and, and can help us make a difference, and it can help us last and help us get through it, and that our minds and our hearts and our spirits can be in a healthier space. And today, I want to give you a, a few kind of ideas and topics from, from the Scripture, from the Bible, that are going to outline some of the problems that we're facing as we're you know, in self-isolation and social distancing, but then also some tools to kind of, or maybe should I say prescriptions, to kind of deal with some of those symptoms and some of the bigger, bigger struggles. Now, this is all part of our HOPE series. We've been going through a series called HOPE, Letters from Peter. Uh, if you don't know who Peter is, he was a guy in the first century. He was an apostle, a follower of Jesus, and he brought hope to people in a hopeless situation. And, and so much so uh, that his writings actually continued to bring hope to people over 2,000 years. Theologians and scholars started to call Peter the apostle of hope because his words that God led him to write down in the scriptures were so meaningful. And for us, many of us are facing a hopeless situation. Many of us feel kind of hopeless, and, and today we can look at some passages that'll help. And so if you have a print Bible, you can grab it now, and you can turn to 2 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 3. Now, if you don't know how to look the stuff up in the Bible, like you're like, I don't know where 2 Peter is, I don't know how that makes sense, that's okay. The Bible is a book that's actually made up of 66 little books, which is crazy, right? And in the front, in the table of contents, you can actually look for 2 Peter, and it's going to be a page number. And you can go to that little book, it's near the end, and then go to the big chapter number, chapter 3. And we're going to kind of look at a few starting at verse 14. So if you go to the little numbers, verse 14. However, maybe here at home and you're like, I don't have a print Bible, I don't own a Bible, and I just tuned into this feed and I don't know really what to do. It's okay. We live in a digital age. You're watching this online. You can actually download a Bible online to your mobile device. Grab your phone, go to the app store, and the information's on the screen. Go to the Faith Life Bible app, download it there, and then you can have the Bible on your phone and you can follow along. Just enter in the information and you can look at it and you can use this all week long and look for answers and maybe read the whole letter, uh, a whole letter of First Peter and the whole letter of Second Peter and get all that hope. Or you can go back to mountainviewwhitehorse.ca and you can listen to previous messages if that's what you like to do after that too. And the best part of downloading this Bible app is after today's message, all the slides from the scripture to the songs to the ministry updates, announcements, right down to all these slides that you're going to see during this message, you can access it all. And so if you're like, oh, what was that guy saying? What, what, what were we talking about? And you can have a look and you can look it up. All right, so go ahead and uh, grab that. I'm going to read through now. Uh, the, I'm going to read through uh, verses 14 to 16. Uh, big thanks to Phil for reading the bigger package, package today, but we're going to read a few verses. So here, here we go. Peter writes, Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace, and count the patience of our Lord as salvation. Just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters. Okay, so in reading the Bible, something that's super important is anytime you see a therefore, we need to pause. Whenever you see a therefore in Scripture, 
you got to like say, okay, wait a second. What does that mean again? Because a therefore is very important in that it, 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 it says, what I'm going to talk about next has everything to do with what we've talked about already. So in chapters 1 and 2 and 3, uh, that again, you can access in, in previous messages on our website, but we've been walking through this conversation and unpacking what we can learn in our current situation. And, and what Peter's talked about, to give you a bit of background, he, he, he says, therefore, you know, since you've been waiting, well, what are they waiting for? Why are they waiting? That doesn't make any sense. Now you're thinking, you know what? I'm kind of waiting around in my house. I'm waiting for COVID-19 to be over. I've been doing a lot of waiting. Okay, so this is good. This is good. We're in a time of crisis. Believe it or not, when this was written in 66 to 67 AD, these guys were in crisis. You see, 30 years earlier, Jesus, the Son of God, he had come to the earth to save the sins of the world. The Roman Empire had crucified him and thought that he was dead and they would dealt with him because he was going to be this king that had a kingdom that, w- that was past earthly kingdoms and, and, and that was risky for the Roman Empire. They're like, who is this king? And, and, and the religious leaders, he was breaking all the religious systems and they wanted him dead. And, and so they killed him on a cross and crucified him and they thought, okay, we're going to be done with this guy. But Jesus' kingdom was greater than any earthly kingdom. And so they buried him, but three days later, he rose from the dead. And he conquered sin of the world. He conquered death. And, and for anyone who would chose to be, choose to believe in him and become followers of him, then he would promise them eternal life in heaven. And, and before he ascended to the Father, before he left in, in a resurrected form, he told everyone, one day I'm going to be back. Uh, follow me tell people about me, spread the good news, or what's sometimes referred to as the gospel, spread the good news of me to everyone, and, and I will be back. And, and so they're waiting. They're like, when's Jesus coming back? Which is interesting because as a pastor, I'm telling you, since the coronavirus broke, there's a lot of people asking me, like, when's Jesus coming back? Is this the end of the world? Is this the apocalypse? What's going on? It's so interesting. This is a similar thing. Now, in the first century, here's the crazy part. The Roman Empire is ruling with an iron fist. Emperor Nero is in power. If you don't know about him, Google him. Super bad dude. And he couldn't stand Christians and people that followed Jesus. So he persecuted them. He whipped them. He beat them. He, he put them into, into the Colosseum to be eaten in, with, by lions. And, 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 and he even crucified other Christians. And he actually crucified Peter. He, he executed Peter before Peter's letter ever actually reached uh, the population. So for many people at this time, it was crisis, it was uncertainty about the future. And Peter says, wait. Therefore, since you have been waiting, I've got something to say. I, I, I can help. And he says, be diligent to be found by him. To be found by Jesus. And this is the first piece, okay? That, that before we go anywhere, do, do, we, do we have a source of, of peace and power and presence that's above ourselves? And, and, and Peter's like, Jesus says he's coming back, but first, be diligent. Are you found in him? Do you know him? And maybe you're a skeptic or you're just sorting out, trying to figure out Christianity, figure out the church, and you just showed up online and you're listening to this and you're like, well, I don't, I don't know if I'm found in Jesus. I don't know if I know Jesus. 
okay, well, stay tuned. We're going to talk about that. But this is, this is the first piece that, that if you talk to people who know Jesus, if you talk to Christians that, that understand and have given their life to Jesus and received the Holy Spirit, which is the Spirit of God, uh, who's revealed things to them, that you will find that they have a sense of joy, they have a sense of satisfaction and peace and power in their life, that according to the Bible, what the Bible says, says is the peace that surpasses understanding. That Jesus, committing our lives to Jesus, gives us something that's just remarkable. It, it's, it's unbelievable. And, and so like, that's the founding part. I, I, I'm going to give you some tools that are going to help the mental and emotional sta- strain. But, but before we go there, I, I, you know, I got to mention your spirit. Where's your spirit at? Does your spirit belong to him? Have you submitted your life to him? If not, that might be a place to start. And then Peter moves on. He, he, he moves on to, to three things. The diligence of purity, the diligence of peace, and the diligence of patience. And I would suggest to you that our current moment, these three things, I, I am listening to the conversation. I, I am hearing people's voices on my phone and and the struggles they're having i'm hearing other people talk about things i'm seeing text messages and other and and i'm I'm telling you if there's three things that as people are alone in their houses and as they're isolated and they're struggling and as there's mental emotional spiritual strain like the purity peace and patience it's it's declining and and as a church mountain view church we want to help you and so our hope is that we're going to provide some help. So let's start with purity first. So Peter writes, to, to be found by him without spot or blemish. Now, you're maybe thinking, okay, without spot or blemish, that's kind of weird terminology. Well, this is actually a, a biblical language for purity. And that Jesus, before, when he went to the cross, he, he uh, prophecy said that he, w- he was like a lamb, a, a lamb without spot or blemish, a pure spotless lamb, that he was blameless, perfect. Jesus never sinned. We sin. He was fully man and yet fully God without sin, and he went to the cross on our behalf. He was the perfect sacrifice to take our sin. And again, he died, he was buried, but he rose again, conquering that sin. And, and so maybe you're thinking now, well, wait a second, if, if Jesus is coming back and he expects me to be without spot or blemish, if he expects me to be pure, I, I can't do that. You, Jeremy, you don't know what kind of stuff I got in my closet. Hold on, hold on. So there's two things here. There's a theological component to this and there's a practical side to it. Now, let me talk about the theological first. We have purity through Jesus Christ. When we give our lives to Jesus, his death and the blood that was shed, it's atonement, a big theological term to, to talk about that, that the sin is paid for. It, he, he said his last words were, it is finished. The sins of the world have been paid for. That Christ's purity, we actually access his purity before God. That we can come to God, we can call on his name, we can say, Lord, Father, God, help me. And we can access him whenever we want. We can confess to him, we can talk to him, pray to him, call out to him and there is no barrier there is no sin barrier we it's like we're pure and and you're saying no jeremy i'm not pure you are pure if you've given your life to jesus because jesus has taken those impurity theologically eternally you're pure and that's how you can access a pure and holy existence with god in eternity in heaven now that's the theological but there's a practical side to this on this earth it's almost impossible because on this earth, before we 
go to heaven, we still struggle with what's referred to as the sin nature or our earthly self. Our, our self is often against God. We push against him. We push against his ways and we're focused on ourself. And what Peter's saying here is be found by him without spot or blemish that, that, that in this moment, you have a choice on what you put into your mind. And, and there are things that will increase your purity and the science is there that what we put in our mind, it, it, it impacts our behavior. There's not many psychologists or counselors, whether they are Christian or not. We're just talking about just, just the facts of the mind that if you put garbage in your mind, often it becomes a part of you. You, you can't consume garbage and, and automatically think, oh, okay, I have healthy thoughts now. And, and here's the problem in our current situation. And I'm just going to tell you a, a personal little story as far as I'm concerned, uh, as far as my journey's going in the past week. You see, over this past week, well, probably the past two weeks, I kept hearing about this show, The Tiger King. Oh, you got to watch Tiger King, Tiger King, Tiger King. It's on, there's memes about it and everything. I'm like, wow, this, this new Netflix show, it seems like everyone's binging uh, Tiger King. It must be amazing. And so I got a little bit of information and I'm like, okay, sounds like a murder mystery uh, with people who live with like tigers. And like one guy has like 227 tigers on his property. And I'm like, that's legit. This sounds great. Murder mystery, guy who has giant tigers and leopards. What could go wrong, right? So I got through the first episode, but somewhere, I don't know, like probably five, ten minutes into the second episode, I'm just going to tell you right now, I, I was sitting there and I felt dirty. I, I just started thinking about like, man, I, some of this stuff, uh, I, I'm not going to be able to get this stuff out of my mind. Because what, what I didn't expect and as I started down this Tiger King journey is, is some of the, the personal lives of some of these characters, and this is real life reality TV, that there is, there's just so much. And if you've watched it, you know what I'm saying. And if you haven't watched it, please don't hear that I'm telling you to. You've got to make your own choices on what you watch. But for me personally, I had to think about this. And I'm like, wow, Jesus is going to come back and I'm going to be watching Tiger King and... and and by the second episode, I, I just felt dirty. And I realized, you know, we're, we're locked in our houses. We're spending all this time alone. And I'm like, I don't know if my mind is going to be better off after I've watched the whole season of Tiger King. As I'm watching this, and as these images, and as this stuff is coming in, I'm like, no, 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 no. I am going to be in a more unhealthy state. My mind will, will, be, will be rotting uh, because this, this, isn't, this isn't lifting me up. It, it's not bringing any sort of foundation of, of joy and celebration in my life. And I'm already struggling because I'm an extrovert and I'm stuck in my house a lot of times and I can't hug people and high-five people. That's already bad enough. And, and now I got all this, this image. Um, I can't do it. I can't do it. Now I'm just talking about Tiger King. I know, and I know the conversations out there, and I've heard lots about it, that there's way worse stuff. And maybe you're listening right now, and you know what I'm talking about. You've got so much time on your hands now. And you have, you've just upped your internet package. And you're basically sitting alone, for many of you, with unlimited internet, and way more time because all the rec sports that you were involved in, the work functions, going out for wings, going out for social events, all that's gone. And so you find yourself, and you're just consuming content on the internet. And, and he, I, I'm just talking real life. You're always just a couple clicks 
away from stuff that you know it rots your mind. We have, we have the statistics on the, on the details and the levels that people will go to when you start down the pornography journey. And you can do some research if you need to. But your mind can become so saturated. And if you think that consuming that content and, and capturing that much into your mind of some outrageous stuff, and though it might give you a momentary thrill, there is plenty of research out there that your mental and emotional state will not be any better. And if we do have to stay in our houses till June, you will not come out as a healthy person. And this is the kind of stuff Peter's pointing to. Now, Peter, they didn't have the internet. They, they, they didn't live quite in the same world we had, but he's talking about the same thing. He's like, be diligent in your thoughts and behaviors of purity. What are you putting in your mind? It, make a decision. If I have this time to consume, the, consume this content, is this neutral? If it's neutral, I don't think that matters. But if it's going to cause your brain to have negative reactions, to, to downgrade, and then you're going to say, I'm struggling, I'm, I'm feeling anxious, I'm, I, I feel depressed, I feel... Okay, what are you consuming? What's going through your eyeballs? Again, I'm not telling you what you can or can't watch. I'm simply highlighting that the scriptures give us, uh, give us some help. And part of that help is like, what's your thoughts? Are your thoughts healthy? And who's giving you thoughts? What are you watching? What are you listening to? Is it healthy? Do you want purity? Because a pure mind, a clear mind, it comes through what we watch and listen to. Let's move on to the next thing. Uh, Peter then talks about, he talks about peace. He says, to be found by him at peace. Now, we have peace through Christ. The Bible says we have the peace that passes, surpasses all understanding. We talked about that. If you haven't given your life to Jesus, then you don't have his spirit. And, and there's a theological thing. Theologically, we are at peace with God. When we're se- our self and our sinful self, we are in rebellion against God. But through Jesus, through the cross and the resurrection, we are given theologically, eternally, we are at peace through Christ. We're at peace with God. We've given that peace eternally. But just like the previous concept, there's a theological and a practical. And here's the practical on the peace side. I have seen the comment streams. And that, like I talked about at the start, this uniting together and we're going to defeat COVID-19 and we're going to gather together and we're going to support people. Those, those conversations are slipping now. I am watching comment streams and I'm sure you have as well. And now all of a sudden there are thoughts that are turning into behaviors that are not peaceful. There are people at war with each other. There's some people that are just flat out saying, I don't care about the regulations. I'm getting out of my house. I'm going to do what I want. And then there's others, you can't. I'm going to call the cops. You're going to get arrested. We're going to start fining you. And I'm like, okay, wait a second. This doesn't go well. I'm watching this comment stream, and these people are both digging their heels in. And, and, I, and I, I feel terrible for the prime minister. I feel terrible for the politicians and health officials because I know they're watching those comment streams too. And they're probably saying, how can we possibly navigate this conversation? How, how, how can we balance that we're trying to keep people safe from a virus before we get the vaccine? And yet we can hear and see that people are like, I... I want out of my house. I want people. I'm not, how, how, do we, how do we wrestle with this? How can we, how can we guide this? How can we do this? That, that the, 
the peace and united feeling that once started is starting to fade. And, and what Peter comes out and says is like, when, will you be found by him? If and when Jesus returns, either today or 10 years from now, it doesn't really matter. We don't know exactly when he's going to return, but when he returns, what will he find us doing? There's the one side of the purity. What, what will Jesus find us watching? But wait a second. Maybe, maybe it's not a purity issue. Maybe it's a peace issue. Maybe we're addicted to, when we're all alone, sitting in our rooms, sitting in our houses on the couch, Maybe we're just jacked up about having wars on the internet and giving all our opinions and sharing tons of Facebook posts saying, take that, take that, take that. And maybe we're so, so just aggressive in that. And we think, oh yeah, now I feel good. That is fleeting. If you think that, that your mind and your emotion and your heart is, is if you think that that's going to be fulfilling in the long run, you're wrong. You, you can't. You can't just have verbal war on the internet 24-7 and feel great about yourself. It's fleeting. And so the peace, the peace of Christ, the peace of Christ in our thoughts and, and in, our, in our behaviors is what would it look like if we became peacemakers? What would it look like if we actually took upon ourselves, no, I am going to, uh, I am going to cause, cause a peaceful conversation. I'm going to go into the comments stream and maybe encourage people. What if I'm going to pray for people? What if I'm going to pray for the health official, f- officials and the politicians that are trying to navigate this? What will my voice be? And when Jesus comes back, whenever he does, well, if he does find me, adding a comment on the internet or starting a conversation in a feed, will he be able to look over my shoulder and say, well done, that, that is a peacemaking comment? Because here's, the, here's the, the practical side. You're gonna walk away from a comment stream discussion. You're gonna walk away from those Facebook posts and, and instead, of just, instead of just attacking someone or attacking something, if you're adding peace into it, if you're trying to pray for people, if you're trying to encourage people, lift them up, you're gonna go away from that conversation and your mind and your heart will feel amazing. And it's lasting. Are you seeing this? How, how our own actions and behaviors can, can bring peace, can bring purity. And then the last thing, they bring patience. Peter writes that, that we, can, we can count it all. So it says this, and count the patience of our Lord as salvation. Count the, the patience of our Lord. Patience like Christ. Now, there's a theological thing here because we, we receive the Holy Spirit and, and we receive help in the patience. But there's a bigger thing going on here. We actually talked about this a couple weeks ago. You can check it out if you want to. And, and some people, some Christians out there, they just want Jesus to come back now. They're like, it's COVID-19, Jesus, just come back now. Just be done with it. The, the world is going terrible and, and that's it. And, and some people are like, hey, God, why, can't, why, why isn't the world ending? Or isn't the world going to end? And for some reason, it doesn't. We're still here. But who are we to tell God what's going to happen? The previous verses, a little higher in this letter, it, it, Peter says, reminds people that God is not slow. He's patient. You see, he loves us. 
and he loves you. He, he wants to walk with you. He, he desires a relationship with you, so he is patient. Jesus is patient. That God's nature is patient. He wants to wait for you to slowly walk to him. He, he would love it if you ran to him, but he's patient enough to know, you know what, this person has questions. This person is just finding out about me. This person is just finding out about my son's sacrifice on the cross, his resurrection from the empty tomb. They're just still discovering this. They're still trying to find it out. You know what, I'm going to be patient. And sometimes as Christians, we, we want to control things. And I am so sorry. Forgive us. For, I would ask you, beg your forgiveness from every church or Christian out there that pushed you or pressured you. Forgive us. Because that is not the nature of Jesus. We need to have patience like Christ. And if you have questions, we want to answer those questions. At Mountain View Church, we want to walk with you. Go ahead and drop a message in the comment stream. Send us a message to say, hey, I don't get this. I don't understand this. I got questions. I'm skeptical of this whole thing. I love it. It's great. Keep asking us. Keep showing up because we want to be patient with you. And that's the theological. That's the big picture. That, that God is like a father waiting for a rebellious son to return. And he's going to come out every night, look over the horizon and say, is he here yet? No, that's okay. I'll be back tomorrow. I'll be back tomorrow. I'm back tomorrow. That story, that account that Jesus tells the prodigal son is all about that, the patience. One, one theologian writes it this way. They say, uh, in regards to this whole patience thing, that it's designed for the salvation of those yet to be gathered into the church. I'm going to read that again. Designed for the salvation of those yet to be gathered into the church. That's the whole reason God is patient. If you want to know why Jesus hasn't come back yet, he's being patient. He wants us to be at work. He wants us to tell more people about the good news of Jesus. He wants us to spread the gospel. We had a situation. Life Church put out this, this thing. This, they've, they have this online church platform, and they put out the stats of just Easter Sunday, and there was over 63,000 people who gave their life to Jesus, gave their life to Jesus because of kind of the online church platform that they, they kind of oversee. And so they could actually have those numbers. People that were searching uh, online, watching church online because they're at home. They're like, hey, I don't know what to do. I'm searching. I got questions. I'm going to try Jesus. Here we go. And they find Jesus, giving their life to Jesus. What about this Sunday? What about you? Maybe today's your day. Maybe the father is waiting and saying, no, 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 there's someone there. And I want to know them. I want to walk with them. I want to have a relationship with them. And I want to be patient enough so that they might find me. And I might draw them to myself. But then there's the practical. The practical is this, is that we need to be diligent and patient too. And you can only do that through Jesus. That your thoughts need to be on heaven. And your behaviors will follow your thoughts. And if you're a patient voice, if you're able to wait and use the time wisely and to, and to really say, God, I'm on your timeline. I, I can't control this anymore. You see, God, when, before this whole COVID-19 thing, I had control of my life. I did what I wanted. I went where I went. I got to, you know, do my own thing. I got to set my own schedule. And this whole situation, this crisis, it's ruined that. I don't have control, but he's saying, okay, relinquish control. Are you willing to be patient enough 
that I might use this difficult time to do something amazing in your life. If you would just pause and, and open your hands. Sometimes in, in church, sometimes Christians, when they're singing to God, you'll, you'll, you'll see it maybe. They open their hands to God. This is this, is this, this, is this like kind of universal sign all across the world, multiple languages. When people are singing to God and they want to give up, they, they open their hands. And there's nothing in them. They're just open hands, but they're, they're relinquishing control. They're saying, fine, I'll be patient. I'll be on your timeline. I'll wait for you. I, I can't sit here anymore. I'm waiting for you. And maybe that's what you need to do. Maybe your mind is swimming. Maybe your heart is swimming. Maybe your spirit just feels crushed. And it's because you continue to try to manage this thing. (laughs) And in this current moment in our world, we can't manage anything. We don't know what's happening one day to the next. And God is saying, patience. Relinquish your thoughts and behaviors to me. I want to open your eyes to something. And in this stillness, in this pause in life that has been caused by a crisis, I want to redeem it. And I want to show you things that you have never thought of or seen before. Will you let me? And Peter does one more thing at the end. And this is maybe for you skeptics out there. He writes this thing. He talks about his buddy Paul. Now, Paul is another apostle that wrote the majority of the New Testament letters. And and he says, he says, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters. You know, just in case you were skeptical, you're like, oh, this Peter guy is just coming up with this stuff. Well, To be sure, the Holy Spirit that empowered Peter to write these things, the same Holy Spirit empowered Paul to write the exact same stuff. What Peter's saying, hey, don't take it from me. Look at Paul. He's traveled more, greater missionary. He he comes from an educated, empowered religious background. Peter's just a fisherman that's gone disciple, gone apostle. Look at Paul then, take him. He's telling you the same stuff. This isn't my idea. And guess what? It's not Paul's idea either. This is Jesus' idea. This has been Jesus' idea from the start. And here's the thing. For 2,000 years, Christianity has continued to grow. It is now the, uh, there is a third of the world. Right now, a third of the world serves, worships, praises Jesus as the Son of God, Savior of the world. And and so don't take Peter, don't take Paul. Don't take the, the hundreds of thousands of preachers and theologians and scholars that continue to go back and like, this stuff does something. Forget about the words that that the Holy Spirit gave us. Just look at the lives of people. Christians are continuing to give uh, in this virus, continuing to to be the aid in people that are suffering. Christians are continuing to be the peace and the the presence in people. And you can belong to that. This is a global mission that Jesus started 2,000 years ago. And this good news of the gospel is freedom from fear. It is peace and patience and purity. And it is there for you. And it's for the taking. So what will you do? Will you spend another week alone, lonely, depressed, filled with anxiety? Will you spend another week consuming garbage that's not going to give you life? Will you spend another week having wars with people on the internet on what you think is right? 
will you have another week trying to control and manage this thing and just feeling at feeling so anxious inside that you want to break out of your own skin? Or will you give your life to Jesus? This is your moment. I'm going to pray right now, and if you would like to give your life to Jesus, you can do that today, and you can experience that purity, peace, and patience that you've never experienced before. This week, I promise you will be transformed. And for those of you, maybe some of you have been to church before, and you guys, you guys have, you guys have walked away. And maybe you're just checking this out, and you're like, man, I haven't been to church in a long time. I haven't thought of Jesus in a long time, but I sure need him. That's all right. Remember the prodigal son. The father's there, looks over the horizon every day. Is he there? Is she there? Is she coming home? Every day. Every day. Every day is an opportunity for you to come back. Father God is waiting because you can have it through Jesus. You can pray with me. Dear Father, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that there's selfishness in my heart. I know that I'm at odds with, with you, that I, I want to control things. I want to go on my own timeline. I, I, I'm not pure. I, I'm not at peace. I'm not patient. Father, today, I choose to follow Jesus. I believe that he died on the cross for my sin and my selfishness. And I believe that he rose again on that third day to conquer my sin. Father, I want that purity. I want that peace. I want that patience. Please, Father, give it to me through your Holy Spirit. Today, I choose to follow Jesus. I choose to belong to your church. Help me. Help me in my mental and emotional strain, but most of all, help my spiritual strain. Lift me up. Help me cope. Help me journey through this and actually grow in this time of isolation. Transform my heart and mind. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Mountain View Church Audio. If God has used this message to impact your life today, I'd love to hear about it. Drop me a message at jeremy at mountainviewwhitehorse.ca or on your favorite social network at Pastor Jeremy Norton. To get connected with Mountain View Church or to support Mountain View Ministries through a financial gift, please visit mountainviewwhitehorse.ca. That's mountainviewwhitehorse.ca.